0: For online edition, you will see a link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 3, The Basis of the Dream. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today is Lesson 199, I Am Not a Body, I am free. Let me ask Lori, do you have a poetic opening for us this morning?
1: I do, LeMoyne. And here it is. It's a poem from Rumi um, that I just love when we talk about I am free. And it goes like this a voice out of this world calls on our souls not to wait anymore get ready to move to the original home your real home your real birthplace is here with the heavens let your soul take a flight like a happy phoenix you've been tied up your feet in the mud your body roped to a log break loose your ties get ready for the final flight Make your last journey from this strange world. Soar for the heights where there is no more separation of you and your home. God has created your wings not to be dormant. As long as you are alive, you must try more and more to use your wings to show you're alive. These wings of yours are filled with quests and hopes. If they are not used, they will wither away and will soon decay. You may not like what I'm going to tell you. You are stuck. Now you must seek nothing but the source. I'm from Rumi, um, translated in the work Fountain of Fire. Amen. Well, thanks for that.
2: Thank you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. That was wonderful. Mhm. I loved it too. Thanks, guys.
0: yeah, thank you, Laurie
2: uh, <laughs> okay
0: um this is. Flappity-flap, don't look back. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. With us in reading this morning, we have Fran, Lori, Robin Marie, Donna, Harrison, and Jessica. And with us in listening, I have Lana, Karen, and Leanne. Is there anyone else who's joined the call, would like to say good morning and join the reading list, or just let us know you're here? All right. I'll get it started then. In chapter 18, the basis of the dream. Does not a world that seems quite real arise in dreams? Yet think what this world is. It is clearly not the world you saw before you slept. Rather, it is a distortion of the world planned solely around what you would have preferred. Here you are, quote, free to make over whatever seemed to attack you and change it into a tribute to your ego, which was outraged by the seeming attack. This would not be your wish unless you saw yourself as one with the ego, which always looks upon itself, and therefore on you as under attack and highly vulnerable to it. Bran.
1: Chapter 18, The Dream and Reality, Section 3, The Basis of the Dream, Paragraph 14. Does not a world that seems quite real arise in dreams? Yet think what this world is. It is clearly not the world you saw before you slept. Rather, it is a distortion of the world, planned solely around what you would have preferred. Here you are quote-unquote free to make over whatever seemed to attack you and change it into a tribute to your ego, which was outraged by the quote unquote attack. This would not be your wish unless you saw yourself as one with the ego, which always looks upon itself, and therefore on you as under attack and highly vulnerable to it. 15. Dreams are chaotic because they are governed by your conflicting wishes and therefore they have no concern with what is true. They are the best example you could have of how perception can be utilized to substitute illusions for truth. You do not take them seriously on awakening awakening because the fact that reality is so outrageously violated in them becomes apparent. Yet they are a way of looking at the world and changing it to suit the ego better. They provide striking examples both of the egos and ability to tolerate reality and your willingness to change reality on its behalf.
0: Thank you, Brian. And Lori.
1: Fifteen. Chaotic because they govern are your conflicting wishes and therefore they have no concern for what is true. They are the best example you could have of how perception can be utilized to substitute illusions for truth. You do not take them seriously on awakening because the fact that reality is so outrageously violated in them becomes apparent. Yet they are a way of looking at the world and changing it to suit the ego better. They provide striking examples both of the ego's inability to tolerate reality and your willingness to change reality on its behalf. Sixteen. You do not find the differences between what you see in sleep and on awakening disturbing. You recognize that what you see on waking is blotted out in dreams. Yet on awakening, you do not expect it to be gone. In dreams, you arrange everything. People become what you would have them be, and what they do, you order. No limit on substitution is laid upon you. For a time, it seems as if the world were given you to make it what you will. You do not realize that you are attacking it and trying to triumph over it and make it serve you.
0: Thank you, Lori, and Robin Marie.
3: 16. <clears throat> 16. You do not find the differences between what you sl- see in sleep and on awaking disturbing. You recognize that what you see on waking is blotted out in dreams. Yet on awakening, you do not expect it to be gone. In dreams, you arrange everything. People become what you would have them be, and what they do, you order. No limit on substitution is laid upon you. For a time, it seems as if the world were given you to make it what you will. You do not realize that you are attacking it, trying to triumph over it and make it serve you. Seventeen, dreams are perceptual temper tantrums in which you literally scream, I want it thus, and thus it seems to be, and yet the dream cannot escape its origin. Anger and fear pervade it, and in an instant, the illusion of satisfaction is invaded by the illusion of terror. For the dream of your ability to control reality by substituting a world which you prefer is terrifying. Your attempts to blot out reality are very fearful, but this you are not willing to accept, and so you substitute the fantasy that reality that reality is fearful, not what you would do with it due to it. And thus is guilt made real.
0: Thank you, Robin Marie. And Donna.
4: 17. Dreams are perceptual temper tantrums in which you literally scream, I want it thus. And thus it seems to be. And yet the dream cannot escape its origin. Anger and fear it, and in an instant, the illusion of satisfaction is invaded by the illusion of terror. For the dream of for the dream of your ability to control reality by substituting a world, which you prefer is terrifying. <clears throat> your attempts to blot out reality are very fearful. But this you are not willing to accept and so you substitute the fantasy that reality is fearful not what you would do to it and thus is guilt made real 18. dreams show you that you have the power to make a world as you would have it be and that because you want it you see it and while you see it you do not doubt that it is real. Yet, here is a world clearly within your mind that seems to be outside. You do not respond to it as though you made it, nor do you realize that the emotions which the dream produces must come from you. It is the figures in the dream and what they do that seem to make the dream you do not realize that you are making them act out for you. For if you did, the guilt would not be theirs and the illusion of satisfaction would be gone. In dreams, these features are not
0: obscure.
4: You seem to waken and the dream is gone. Yet what you fail to recognize is that what caused the dream has not gone with it.
0: Thank you, Donna. And Harrison.
5: 18, dreams show you that you have the power to make the world as you would have it be and that because you want it, you see it. And while you see it, you do not doubt that it is real. Yet here is a world clearly within your mind that seems to be outside. You do not respond to it as though you made it, nor do you realize that the emotions which the dream produces must come from you. It is the figures in the dream and what they do that seem to make the dream. You do not realize that you are making them act out for you. For if you did, the guilt would not be theirs. And the illusion of satisfaction would be gone. In dreams, these figures are not obscure. You seem to awaken and the dream is gone. Yet what you fail to recognize is that what caused the dream has not gone with it. Nineteen you wish to make another world that is not real remains with you. Your wish to make another world that is not real remains with you. And what you seem to wait to is but another form of the same world you see and dreams. Oh your time is spent in dreaming. You're sleeping, and your waking dreams have different forms. And that is all. The content is the same. They are your protest against reality and your fixed and insane idea that you can change it. In your waking dreams, the special relationship has a special place. It is the means by which you try to make your sleeping dreams come true. From this, you do not awaken. The special relationship is your determination to keep your hold on unreality and to prevent yourself from awakening, from waking. And while you see more value in sleeping than in waking, you will not let it, you will not let go.
0: Thank you, Harrison. And
3: Jessica. 19. Your wish to make another world that is not real remains with you. And what you seem to wake to is but another form of this same world you see in dreams. All your time is spent in dreaming. Your sleeping and your waking dreams have different forms, and that is all. Their content is the same. They are your protest against reality, and your fixed and insane idea that you can change it. In your waking dreams, the special relationship has a special place. It is the means by which you try to make your sleeping dreams come true. From this, you do not awaken. The special relationship is your determination to keep your hold on unreality and to prevent yourself from waking. And while you see more value in sleeping than in waking, you will not let go of it. 20. The Holy Spirit, ever practical in His wisdom, accepts your dreams and uses them as means for waking. You would have used them to remain asleep. We once said that the first change before dreams disappear is that your dreams of fear are changed to happy dreams. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your special relationship. He does not destroy it nor snatch it away from you, but he does use it differently as a help to make his purpose real to you. Your special relationship will remain not as a source of pain and guilt, but as a source of joy and freedom. It will not be for you alone, for therein lay its misery. As its unholiness kept it a thing apart, its holiness will become an offering to everyone.
0: Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 20 and 21?
6: This is Sandra. I can read. Great. The Holy Spirit ever practical in his wisdom, accepts your dreams and uses them as means for waking. You would have used them to remain asleep. We once said that the first change before dreams disappear is that your dreams of fear are changed to happy dreams. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your special relationship. He does not destroy it, nor snatch it away from you, but he does use it differently as a help to make his purpose real to you. Your special relationship will remain not as a source of pain and guilt, but as a source of joy and freedom. It will not be for you alone, for therein lay its misery." as its unholiness kept it a thing apart, its holiness will become an offering to everyone. 21. Your special relationship will be a means for undoing guilt in everyone, blessed through your holy relationship. It will be a happy dream and one which you will share with all who come within your sight. Through it, the blessing which the Holy Spirit has laid upon it, will be extended. Think not that he has forgotten anyone in the, in the purpose he has given you. And think not that he has forgotten you to whom he gave the gift. He uses everyone who calls on him as means for the salvation of everyone. And he will waken everyone through you Who offered your relationship to him at the capital H? If you but recognized his gratitude or mine through his, for we are joined as in one purpose, being of one mind with him.
0: Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 21 and 22?
2: I can read now, Ramon. This is Lana.
0: Great. Thanks, Lana.
2: Mm-hmm. 21. Your special relationship will be a means for undoing guilt in everyone blessed through your holy relationship. It will be a happy dream and one which you will share with all who come within your sight. Through it, the blessing which the Holy Spirit has laid upon it will be extended. Think not that he has forgotten anyone in the purpose he, capital H, has given you. And think not that he has forgotten you to whom he gave the gift. He uses everyone who calls on him as means for the salvation of everyone, and he will awaken everyone through you who offered your relationship to him if you but recognized his gratitude or mine through his, for we are joined as in one purpose. Being of one mind with him. 22. Let not the dream take hold to close your eyes. It is not strange that dreams can make a world that is unreal. The wish to make it is incredible. Your relationship has become one in which the wish has been removed because its purpose has been changed from one of dreams to one of truth. You are not sure of this because you think it may be this that is the dream. You are so used to choosing between dreams, you do not see that you have made at last the choice between the truth and all illusions.
0: Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for 22 and 23?
7: Yes. Good morning, Lemoyne, everyone. It's Jude. I can read 22. Okay.
3: 22.
7: Let not the dream take hold to close your eyes. It is not strange that dreams can make a world that is unreal. The wish to make it is incredible. Your relationship has become one in which the wish has been removed because its purpose has been changed from one of dreams to one of truth. You are not sure of this because you think it may be this that is the dream. You are so used to choosing between dreams, you do not see that you have made at last the choice between the truth and all delusions. 23. Yet heaven is sure. This is no dream its coming means that you have chosen truth and it has come because you have been willing to let your special relationship meet its conditions. In your relationship, the Holy Spirit has gently laid the real world, the world of happy dreams, from which awaking is so easy and so natural. For As your sleeping and your waking dreams represent the same wishes in your mind, so do the real world and the truth of heaven join in the will of God. The dream of waking is easily transferred to its reality. For this dream comes from your will joined with the will of God. And what this will would have accomplished has never not been done. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 23? Another new reader to conclude with 23. Okay, back to you, Fran.
1: 23. Yet heaven is sure. There is no dream. Its coming means that you have chosen truth. And it has come because you have been willing to let your special relationship meet its conditions. In your relationship, the holy spirit has gently laid the real world the world of happy dreams from which awaking is so easy and so natural for as you're sleeping and your waking dreams represent the same wishes in your mind so do the real world and the truth of heaven join in the will of god the dream of waking is easily transferred to its reality for this dream comes from your will Joined with the will of God. And what this will would have accomplished has never not been done.
0: Thank you, Fran. And is there anyone else who would like to read 23?
6: I would. This is Sandra.
0: Um, Please go ahead.
6: Yet, heaven is sure. This is no dream. Its coming means that you have chosen truth. And it has come because you have been willing to let your special relationship meet its conditions. In your relationship, the Holy Spirit has gently laid the real world, the world of happy dreams, from which waking is so easy and so natural. For as your sleeping and your waking dreams represent the same wishes in your mind, so do the real world and the truth of heaven join in the will of God. The dream of waking is easily transformed, transferred into its, sorry, the dream of waking is easily transformed, transferred to its reality. For this dream comes from your will, for this dream comes from your will joined with the will of God and what this will would have accomplished has never not been done Amen
0: Thank you Sandra and I I like transformed there Transforming the perception yeah, from dreaming to reality. Um, well, I'm going to attempt a short summary. <laughs> oh, I can keep it short. Okay. All right. Basis of the dream. Does not a world that seems quite real, in dreams. Dreams are chaotic because they're governed by your conflicting wishes and therefore have no concern with what is true. They are the best example you could have of how perception can be utilized to substitute illusions for truth or dreams for reality. You do not take them seriously on waking because the fact that reality is so outrageously violated in them becomes apparent. They provide striking examples of both the ego's inability to tolerate reality, and your willingness to change reality on its behalf. You do not find the differences between, 16, you do not find the differences between what you see in sleep and on awaking, disturbing. You recognize that what you see on waking has been blotted out in dreams. Yet on awakening, you do not expect it to be gone. In dreams, you arrange everything. People become what you would have them be, and what they do, you order. No limit on substitution is laid upon you. For a time, it seems as if the world were given you to make it what you will. Dreams are perceptual temper tantrums in which you literally scream, I want it thus, and thus it seems to be. And yet the dream cannot escape its origin. Anger and fear pervade it, and in an instant, the illusion of satisfaction is invaded by the illusion of terror. For the dream of your ability to control reality by substituting a world which you prefer is terrifying. Your attempts to blot out reality are very fearful, but this you are not willing to accept. And so you substitute the fantasy that reality is fearful, not what you would do to it. And thus is guilt made real. Dreams show you that while you have the power, show you that you have the power to make a world as you would have it be, and that because you want it, you see it. Here is a world clearly within your mind that seems to be outside. You do not respond to it as though you made it, nor do you realize that the emotions which the dream produces must come from you. In 19, your wish to make another world that is not real remains with you. And what you seem to wake to is but another form of the same world you see in dreams. All your time is spent in dreaming. Your sleeping and waking dreams have different forms. And that is all. Their content is the same. They are your protest against reality. And you're fixed an insane idea that you can change it. The special relationship is your determination to keep your hold on unreality and to prevent yourself from waking. And while you see more value in sleeping than waking, you will not let go of it. We once said that the first change before dreams disappear is that your dreams of fear are changed to happy dreams. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your special relationship. He does not destroy it or snatch it away from you. But he does use it differently as a help to make his purpose real to you. Your special relationship will remain, not as a source of pain and guilt, but as a source of joy and freedom. It will not be for you alone, for therein lay its misery. As its holiness kept it, it, sorry, as its unholiness kept it a thing apart, its holiness will come as an offering to everyone. Your special relationship will be a means for undoing guilt in everyone blessed through your holy relationship. It will be a happy dream and one which you will share with all who come within your sight. Through it, the blessing which the Holy Spirit has laid upon it will be extended. Think not that he has forgotten anyone in the purpose he has given you. And think not that he has forgotten you to whom he gave the gift. He uses everyone who calls on him as a means for the salvation of everyone. And he will awaken everyone through you who offered your relationship to him. If you but recognize his gratitude, or mine through his. For we are joined as in one purpose. Being of one mind with him. Let not the dream take hold to close your eyes. It is not strange that dreams can make a world that is unreal. It is the wish to make it that is incredible. Your relationship has become one in which the wish has been removed because its purpose has been changed from one of dreams to one of truth. You are not sure of this because you think it may be that this that is the dream. You are so used to choosing between dreams, you do not see that you have made at last the choice between the truth and all illusion. Yet heaven is sure. This is no dream. Its coming means that you have chosen truth. And it has come because you have been willing to let your special relationship meet its condition. In your relationship, the Holy Spirit has gently laid the real world, the world of happy dreams from which awaking is so easy and so natural. For as your sleeping and your waking dream represent the same wishes in your mind, so do the real world and the truth of heaven join in the will of God. The dream of waking is easily transferred to its reality. For this dream comes from your will joined with the will of God. And what this will would have accomplished has never not been done.
3: Thank you.
2: Really
3: nice.
2: <laughs> thank, thank you. LeMoyne. I like your choices, Lemoyne. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. I love it when you do that, when you summarize. Thank you.
0: It's kinda of hard not to just slip into reading it. <laughs> but I wouldn't have gotten it done then. Um well thank you all. And uh turn to you now, friend. Would you lead us in the lesson? Okay. Sure. Thank you.
1: Thanks for that. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and the section we're on is the lessons 181 to 200. <clears throat> Excuse me. And today we're on lesson 199. I am not a body. I am free. So I'm going to read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. I am not a body. I am free. Freedom must be impossible. As long as you perceive a body as yourself. The body is a limit. The mind that serves the Holy Spirit is unlimited forever, and always. And fear can never enter in a mind that has attached itself to love, It rests in God. It is essential for your progress in this course that you accept today's idea and hold it very dear. Be not concerned that to the ego it's quite insane. The ego holds the body dear because it dwells in it and lives united with the home that it has made. Here does it hide and here it can be seen as what it is. Declare your innocence and you are free. Cherish today's idea and practice it today and every day. Make it a part of every practice period you take. The Holy Spirit is the home of minds that seek for freedom. In Him, they find what they have sought. Be free today and carry freedom as your gift to those who still believe they are enslaved within a body. Be you free, so that the Holy Spirit can make use of your escape from bondage to set free the many who perceive themselves as bound and helpless and afraid. Let love replace their fears through you. Accept salvation now. Then practice well the thought the Holy Spirit gives you for today. Your brothers stand release with you in it. And God himself extends his love and happiness. Each time you say, I am not a body, I am free. I hear the voice that God has given me. And it is only this my mind obeys. Now we will do our five minute practice. Lesson 199. I am not a body. I am free.
5: Just got
4: on, and I don't hear anything.
1: We're meditating on the lesson. Freedom must be impossible, as long as you perceive a body as yourself, the body is a limit. Lesson 199, I am not a body, I am free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran.
2: Oh, thank
1: you,
0: Fran. Thank you, Fran. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you, okay,
2: Good morning, everyone. It's Donna. Um, this lesson and the reading—I'm telling you—they're they're very emotional for me, <laughs> and I may not be able to share. Um. I shared a lot about my happy dream with my husband and um, it was such a happy dream, a holy relationship. I have no doubt about that, but I learned a couple huge lessons from both having him inform in that relationship and our relationship at the level of our soul um, which communicated the love and when um, he transitioned, um, well, I'm sure, you know, there are many, probably even here, when you lose someone. And form, It can be devastating. And uh, the one thing I learned about happy dreams, even within the joy that they give us, is that they're still dreams. They're not eternal. They have beginnings and endings. So enjoy them while, you, while you, they last. Um, and the other thing is, um, when he transitioned, um, my communication, our communications at the level of soul, I somehow lost that. And I the devastation came from my perception of a body, his body identification. I identified, I started to identify him as a body, and that's what brought the devastation on to me because I, I thought only of him as a body, and I missed that body so damn much, so much that I went into a kind of denial and an unconscious making of illnesses that kept me, sick for about seven years because I just couldn't face life without him by my side. So I unconsciously kept, me, kept myself sick, and I shared about that too. And it took, I'm telling you, a revelation of God, an intercession of Holy Spirit to knock me back into my right mind. You know that one night after my sixth surgery major surgery, oh well, no it was my thirteenth surgery in six years, and the one that um I almost died from, Holy Spirit just shouted in my mind, no more surgeries. It was more of a command than a request, and I've never had a surgery since then. And the revelation came right after I had the last rites, and I shared that with you too, where I got to connect um, at the level of spirit and oneness in Christ consciousness. Um, We're always one. That's an interesting thing because... Let me pull up this quote. It's so perfect for what I'm trying to explain. It comes from the Urtext. And it's uh, just a very short paragraph, just a few lines. Miracles praise God, they're men. They praise God by honoring his creation, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification, and affirm soul identification. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly. So I think a
6: spirit
2: as you know the spirit of god the spirit of christ consciousness it's whole and you know it's one and souls can communicate directly within that realm of oneness you know the course of love is this we can be differentiated at the level of soul but not separate because it's contained within the oneness. So I say that because even though it took both of those experiences to to shake me back into alignment where I could perceive Tom through soul identification and communicate with Tom through soul identification, where that love, you know, that my experience of my experience him in form in the happy dream may no longer be, but the love we shared in that holy relationship is eternal and it lives on. He's with me always. Sometimes I can even smell his aftershave lotion, his love. And when that shift happened, when I not, was knocked back into my senses, um, I could be happy again. The grief was over. The body identification was done with. And our souls, whether I'm in form or out of form, our souls are eternal and that love is eternal and it makes me happy and that happiness doesn't come from a dream that happiness is the love of god and i don't ever have to worry about losing that that's with me every moment of every day and um i wanted to share that because it connects both the lesson and the reading today about how we can misidentify dreams, you know, um, even happy dreams as truth. Um, But if we're going to be dreaming, I I very much recommend the happy ones. But be prepared because, you know, uh, just know, we have to know what we're dealing with. Dreams are dreams, reality is reality, but happy dreams and holy relationships put us, I believe, on the doorstep, the lawn of heaven, where God takes the final step. He sure did it with Tom. He took that step for him, for me, because of uh, we share that same one love. So, anyway, I didn't mean to babble on so long. Um, I, I uh, was just so connected with this reading and lesson this morning, so I'm complete.
1: Oh, Lana, that was just so beautiful and illustrative.
2: Oh, I really, really appreciated
1: that, share. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lana. It was beautiful.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys, for listening.
3: Thank you so much, Lana. And when I hear you... You you never babble on. I could listen to you
6: all day. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Mrs. Sandra. And Thank you, Lana. That was a heartfelt share. Um, When I disidentify with my body which is allowing God to define who I am instead of my family, (laughs) either my mother or father or the family that I created, I can then release my brothers from any specialness, from any roles I think they're supposed to play in my life. Now I can completely trust and rely on God and that's really what's being asked of me is to trust and rely on God on my relationship with my creator and I can either continue to use substitutes but I can also can turn all those substitutes over to the Holy Spirit the need to turn over these substitutes to the Holy Spirit has to be stronger than my need to be right. I can turn the dream all my dreams over to the Holy Spirit and my dreams are based in ego. The Holy Spirit can use it not only for my salvation, but for the salvation of everybody that I'm turning over to the Holy Spirit. So it's for the salvation of the world. Because we're in this together, and everyone is going to return home. It's not just my salvation, it's the salvation of all those that I'm judging, too, because first of all, I've got to turn it over to the Holy Spirit and say, you know, I'm not equipped to judge, you judge it. But when I turn all that over to the Holy Spirit, it's, it's set free. I no longer can use those things to imprison myself. So transforming the dream for me is, is releasing my control. The ego gets uncomfortable and wants to fix things. That's what I got, That was my experience with this reading. The ego wants to fix things. In dreams, I'm in control and I need to fix it in order for it to serve me. But every time I try to fix something, I create 10 more problems. That's just the way it works. In heaven, God is in control. And in heaven, I pause for guidance. I don't try to fix stuff. Every time the ego wants to fix a problem, it does create 10 more, and that's why there's so much guilt. The dream is my chance. Turn this whole world over to the Holy Spirit for salvation. So every time I turn it over to the Holy Spirit, to my Holy Spirit, and not only am I giving, not only am I saving myself, but I'm saving the world. I'm complete.
2: Oh, that was transformative. Thank you, Sandra.
1: Oh,
2: thank you, Sandra. That was wonderful.
0: thank you Sandra yeah to your share Sandra it makes me want to extend the lesson a little bit (laughs) or maybe a lot from I am not a body I am free can say neither are my brethren I will let them be Thank you.
4: Beautiful.
2: Oh, I love that, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thanks, Lemoyne. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> love how you did that.
0: I think all I can ever really do is get out of the way. (laughs) I'm complete.
5: Good morning, Miss Harrison. Good morning, Harrison. Good morning, great evening good good today. So, if I'm not a body, what am I? I really struggle that I have this this disidentify with the body. Every minute of the day, every moment I'm constantly bombarded with the idea that I'm a body. All my reactions, all of my relationships are all tied up with my being a body and other people being bodies so in my mind the biggest challenge that i face in accepting the teaching of the course is this with myself as a body and not seeing my brothers and sisters as bodies. I have to make a commitment. To change my perspective and see beyond the form that seems to be there and realize that beyond that form is reality the reality of my brothers and sisters and myself, and that reality is love, God, and nothing. Everything else is a judgment of a thought system that I've come to rely on and believe in and accept no opposite to that thought system. But what the Course is teaching me now is that there is another way and it's actually a better way. And I can accept that way by simply changing my mind. And it often doesn't seem to be so simple. But it really is. by changing my focus from the body to the mind. And identifying with my mind and not with my body. And so then, I see the contrast between my <coughs> excuse me identity as a body, and the fact that this identity exists solely in my mind. and I can change my mind. The ego constantly resists that idea that I can change my mind about something as fundamental as the reality of who and what I am. Before the course, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Never considered the possibility that I can be something other. Then this body and this personality. And for over 75 years, I've adhered to that idea. even after studying the course. For thirty of those seven, eight, five years to relinquish the idea that I'm a body, that I'm the personality called Harrison. I don't know, one of the most difficult things that I have attempted to do. And I appreciate the help of all of you who are helping me see that I'm not a body. I'm free. That's wonderful reading. Love paragraph 22. Let not the dream take hold to close your eyes. It is not strange that dreams can make a world that is unreal the wish to make it is incredible. That's what I've been doing, is wishing to make the world I see. Your relationship has become one in which the wish has been with because its purpose has been changed from one of dreams to one of truth. That can be the purpose of all of my special relationship. I don't have to end any relationship. All I have to do is see a different purpose in those relationships. You're not sure of this because you think it may be this that it's the dream. You are so used to choosing between dreams, you do not see that you have made at last the choice between the truth and all illusions. I choose again. Um
2: see. thank you. Oh, thank you, Thank Harrison, you, Harrison. So thank you so much, Harrison Thank you Harrison. you know, Harrison, um you expressed so eloquently the true gifts of the healings that I expressed earlier. With my husband and um, and I think it's it's the perfect description and definition of a holy relationship is no longer seeing them anyone as a body It's, it's why my relationship with my daughter is healed because I no longer see her as a body it's because my relationship with my roommate, you know, Archie Bunker, is healed, and we get along so well because I no longer identify him as a body. And any relationship um, with anyone—that's my goal too—is to see beyond the body to their truth. And um, and you know that healing uh, with Tom. Um, uh, help me to just identify myself not as a body and of course the healing continues obviously because I still seem to be in a body but um, when I do leave this body or this idea of this body it won't be and I want you all to remember this you know it won't be a sad occasion it will be a completion of that healing a total completion of body identification of the healing of that idea within me and I will truly be free it will be such a cause of celebration and um, it truly is a goal I think we all can have to see ourselves to experience ourselves beyond this body identification because every time I do succeed in doing that I'm healed regardless of what this body is showing me whether it's some body condition or it's some situation outside the body you know it's um when I can connect with Christ consciousness and um, stay there, you know, it's like in a course of love to sustain and uh, maintain, not just maintain, but sustain the awareness of the truth of me. Um, and extend that love because that's all it is. The truth of me is love. You know, what remains of my relationship with my husband is the love. Jesus says every loving thought we've ever had is saved for all eternity. He tells us that the only reality this world has is the love we offer, and we give to it. So it's the love that's eternal. So to look beyond body identification is to see the love that I am as one within this um Wholeness and unity in God in all creation. So I love this lesson, and it's the only lesson that Jesus repeats, and I think he repeats it like four or five times throughout the workbook. It's that important that he that we get that we are not a body, that we are free. And it doesn't mean I don't love and care for this body. while well, I seem to be in it, because what... <laughs> What use or help is it not to love my body, you know, so real or imagined, you know, I seem to be in it, so I'll respect that, you know, I won't accept it as truth, but I will accept the experience of what is, what seems to be at the moment, and my response to anything. That seems to be at the moment I'm learning more every day is to respond with love rather than fear Jesus once told me that 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 to respond to fear with love is the most create courageous thing I'll ever do <laughs> and I'm believing so um, uh, so I'm complete thank you again Harrison thank
3: you thank you thank you thank
5: you thank you lena your earlier share was inspiring for me as well in your description of your relationship with your husband um Reminded me that the only thing that is real in any relationship is the love. And the love is eternal. So that love that you have with your husband and the love that we have with anybody it's always there. It's eternal, and always will be there. Um, no matter it, that, what happens to the body, is irrelevant. Doesn't matter. That that, that that's one of the. That I think for me has been. One of the toughest things to overcome is my attachment to my body and other bodies. I'm still struggling with that. But it it, is... You know, I... I take care of my car. I have an old Honda Accord that just keep running. <laughs> I think it's a 2003. And I change the oils and um, changed the brakes and you know, really take care of it take it to the car was, um, but my relationship with that car is not a relationship of love it's it's utilitarian it is that this is a useful device for transport transportation over long distances and, but I'm not in love with my car. I say that I'm in love with my wife and I cherish the relationship that I have with my wife. But the love I feel for her, the real love, is the same love that I feel for you, Lana, and for the morning, for Steve, everybody on this call, and everybody in the world, that's real love. And if I am as God created me, if I truly accept the reality of myself as God created me, then I am accepting that reality for every living being. And not one of us is any different. There is not different love for this person or for that person. It's the same love. And that's pretty challenging for me. It's not something I'm used to. I'm complete.
2: Oh, that was
6: beautiful,
1: well,
2: Harrison. Yeah. Oh, Harrison. Thank you. So yeah. Thank you. It, thank it, you as much. you were hearing, it brought to mind that line of Jesus somewhere in the Course. <laughs> I'm not good at that, of remembering where, but he says, The insignificance of the body must become an acceptable idea. It has to be an acceptable idea for me to enter even entertain um the thought of of giving it up um an insignificance um like your car still needs maintenance, but I need to uh look beyond the maintenance <laughs> and and see that um it's not it's not love. That I would have for you or for anybody else, it's a communication device given to me to um function in this world you know and and I often think of I have my grandmother's rocking chair, and um she rocked me in it when I was a baby, so you can imagine how old this chair is and um And in the early lessons, you know, when I can say this chair doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't. But the love I have for the chair is the love I brought to it because of the love I have for my grandmother. And that's the only meaning that it has for me. um, Yes, the love is eternal. Any love given and received is eternal regardless of the form it may take or the lack of form.
0: <laughs>
2: That's eternal. Thank you so much, Harrison. You just made my day. <laughs>
1: Me too. Thank you, Harrison.
2: Thank you, Lana.
1: It was a beautiful dialogue. Thank you.
0: Well, we're near the near the end of uh, <clears throat> our recorded time. So I use my uh, co host privilege to ask if there's anything you want to share and bring forth, Maury.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I so love the discussion this morning. And no. Uh, it's so reflective uh, of my own experience. It just um I feel soaring. Um that the gift of God is given and it's the same everywhere. Um, I th- I think um I think what I want to focus on most is something I wrote in my book uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I had I had seen um, my so-called holy relationship as a singular uh, entity for a long time, and I thought it was God's greatest gift to me. Uh, but it uh, evolved in such a way I could never have seen in a thousand years gifts entailed. And it's because uh, I I had uh, considered this singular relationship to be the home of everything, but it turns out the Holy Spirit has another idea for everything. And so what I'm reflecting on today is how holy relationship becomes a means rather than an end. I wrote in my book a couple years ago when I realized uh, that I had been thinking holy relationship was an achievement. Uh, Something uh, something I did by aligning my will with God's. But that, turns out, is uh, not what he wants me to know. But rather that a uh, holy relationship is multiple and it involves everything and um, and it is his gift is And Harrison I loved the way you uh, highlighted the word purpose it's gift as a means the Holy Spirit uses is to show me that everything everything has a meaning given it by God. Everything has a meaning given it by God. And the holy relationship and its transformation leads me to that place where I can see holiness as an umbrella over everything. And it is God's reality, not mine, that Meaning is what God gave it, not mine. And so when he says uh, dreams are egos, perpetual temper tantrums, (laughs) you know, I I can see where uh, the world I made uh, of separate bodies doing separate things, having different goals, um, was something I did with my own mind. We're coming up on Chapter 2 pretty soon, and and there's a a quote in there that explains it really good to me. Oh, and maybe I'll just end with it, but the thing that happened as a consequence of holy relationship is I was given vision. And, Lana you talk about it so well. You know, vision to see, and I don't mean with the body's eyes. I mean to have a direct experience of the holiness of creation, whether it be uh, my dogs, or the bunny in the garden, or the fish, or a person. It's all holy, 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 and that um, that gift of vision um grew out of holy relationship where i agreed that god's purpose should replace my perpetual temper tantrums and i don't know that i would have gotten there without the peace and safety and um trust that grew out of the holy relationship it translated Um, or transformed my world. I remember years ago, I uh, I told my mother, and this was like 30, 40 years ago, I told my mother about the person I knew I was destined to spend my life with and how much I loved this person and how much I admired this person. and, And it was still when I saw it as a special relationship and uh, and when I finally introduced this person to my mother, she said, well, she's not much to look at, is she? <laughs> and that turned out to be such a gift to me because it showed me that there's a sight I can be gifted with that doesn't see anything physical, but rather sees essence. And... Uh, and it's holy relationship that gave me that gift of vision. And uh, it's always a consequence of Holy Spirit's purpose, which is um, love and safety and peace. And when I allowed that purpose and dedicated it to that purpose, gave that relationship to God for that purpose uh, that out of it grew the ability and I it's not an ability it's um, a direct experience uh, of holiness and so he says it in this in this in this um, reading that the holy relationship is a means not an achievement it's a means. And when I let that purpose uh, be my guiding light, the um, the unlimited nature of um, sharing is revealed to me. And uh, that's not an achievement either. That's uh, how this world is changed to heaven and uh, and I can understand the essence of love is in everything the dogs caught a bunny last night and uh, for a minute we were both heartbroken for the life of that bunny but um, <laughs> it's in the small things you know you realize that um, I had an idea of what truth was, and I wrote a story all about it in my mind, but God has an idea of what truth is, and that story um, is unveiled through life and vision, and um, it's that story that grows out of holy relationship, and I just... Uh, I'm so grateful to be alive and in life, and recognize that life is eternal. I so identified you know, with that feeling of presence being gone, but uh, I experienced the same thing you did with my mother that you described with your husband, and and I'm happy to say she's now present uh, as another light beam in my mind as God created her and that's the gift of holy relationship so uh, what a gift, huh? I'm complete Oh, thank you, Lori that was good, thank
2: you Oh, thank you thank you, that was lovely
1: Thank you, lovely. seems like we wind up at the same place every day, and I'm just uh, crying. <laughs> the tenderness here is so beautiful. And so I'm really, really grateful to you guys. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Well, this is mine, and uh, <laughs> I, I was given a closing a while back and told it was a closing, and I almost started to talk about it in that long, longer silence there after affair, I think, and uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so I'll bring it now. Let me. I want to ask you, Lana, in a minute, just a second here. I'm going to read Miracle Principle 30. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring His, God's creation, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification. By perceiving the spirit, they adjust the level and see them in proper alignment. This places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly. Is that the is that the thing you were referring to, Lana? That's just my curiosity intruding here.
2: Yes, in the Urtext is listed as Miracle Principle 26, and the content is slightly different, which, um, it in what you read, and I assume you're reading from the original edition, I don't know, it's yeah. spirit, okay, um, this one, this, the, remember, the reason I oh, remember okay. this, because, uh, when the Urtext first came out this was um, highly controversial this principle because it used both spirit and soul in the same sentence with seemingly different meanings. So um do you want me to read it again? Good morning.
0: Oh, sorry,
2: I'm mute. Yeah, if you like, you've got it handy. Yeah, yeah, I have pulled it up. Um, and it's again, it's miracle principle twenty-six in the Urtext. Or at least it's listed as twenty-six. Miracles praise God through men. They praise God by honoring His creation, creations, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm soul identification by perceiving the spirit they adjust the levels and see them in proper alignment and here's the sentence this places the spirit at the center where souls can communicate directly so I think it might be that last sentence or two that are different than um, what you read. But I don't have yours in front of me, so I'm not real sure. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Mon. Like I mentioned when I was sharing, I just see it as a the reference to spirit here as the spirit of God or, or Christ consciousness. Um, it's, it doesn't differentiate uh, anything, everything is one within spirit but within Christ consciousness which is within all of us, uh, it's where the souls, individual souls can communicate directly you know, I think of, about it as, you know, any channeled writing coming through as Jesus or, you know, in, in the um, Choose Any Loves books. We have Jesus, we have archangels, we have Mary, <laughs> you know, they're um, individual souls, but they're communicating from the source of oneness. Christ. All the communications are the same because they come from Christ consciousness. So um, anyhow, <laughs> that's just my take on it. And I could be absolutely wrong and willing to be wrong. So I always hope, try to hold an uh, open mind about everything. <laughs> I'm complete. No, that's, Thank
3: you,
0: that's Lina. fine. Thank you, Lana. I ask and receive. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead then with 31 and maybe try to explicate or embellish, maybe more than embellish it a little bit, try and make it clear. Uh, it's already clear, but try to make it plain, maybe. 31, Miracle Principle 31 or I should say Principles of Miracles, 31. (laughs) Miracles should inspire gratitude, loving, reverent gratitude, not awe. Man should thank God for what man really is. The children of God are very holy, and the miracle honors their holiness. God's creations never lose their holiness, although it can be hidden. The miracle uncovers it and brings it into the light where it belongs. Holiness can never be really hidden in darkness, but man can and does deceive himself about it. <clears throat> One second. Don't read that. <clears throat> read that again. Holiness or divinity can never, re, never be really hidden in darkness. But man can and does deceive himself about holiness. The illusion in this deception makes him fearful because he knows, in his heart, it is an illusion and he exerts enormous efforts to establish reality of unholiness. Miracle sets reality where it belongs, at the center. Eternal reality belongs only to the soul, and the miracle acknowledges only the truth. It thus dispels man's illusions about himself, and puts him in communion with himself and God.
2: Oh, that was perfect, Wooly. Oh, Thank you for reading that.
1: Say more. You were going to say more.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> was
0: that towards Lana? Are you calling me? Uh, no,
1: I, yes, you, you said, you said something about um, <clears throat> making plain.
0: Oh, well, it, it, I did add a few words, like can and does, deceive himself about it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, trying to expand the it, if it add um, added at the center. Uh, okay, but I'll say more
7: <laughs> if you want more. All right. Okay. Oh, please, more, more, uh, more.
0: <laughs> all right. I, I'm gonna preface this <clears throat> with the the idea the idea <laughs> that first, the, then well, since I said idea, say the, the idea that everything is an idea. First. And everything is an idea first, and especially in this course in Miracles, which is a course for the mind. So when it speaks of the world, it calls the world false perception. This is a statement about what the mind makes of the world. We make an image, and from our singular point of view, it's inherently incomplete. But <laughs> so we act as though it's real because we think we have to, you know, figure it out before we can move. And so, in the section, What is the Body?, it says, The body is a fence. The Son of God imagines he is built to separate parts of his largest cell from other parts. And uh, so, it's an imagined fence. In the mind, it's a limit, like like it says in the, about the third sentence. Of the, it's the second sentence of the lesson. The body is a limit in the mind, the idea of a body. And uh, this is why body, it says further in what is the body? The body is a dream. These ideas that we have on the body are a dream. <clears throat> but we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. So here's the last two paragraphs of what is the body. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Though it was made to fence him into hell without escape, yet has the goal of heaven been remembered and replacing the pursuit of hell the son of god extends his hand to reach his brother and help him walk along the road with him now is the body holy now it serves to heal the mind that it was made to kill or at least break into pieces And the last paragraph, you will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find your Right there.
1: Oh beautiful. One of my very most favorite,
2: favorite, favorite of the what is is. <laughs> Thank you. You were reading my mind, Laurie. I was gonna say the same thing was one of my it's one of my favorite passages too. Thank you, Lemoy.
0: Well, I think it is like my favorite closing. It's the only one I can think of that I've repeated. Repeat. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for being here. I'm going to find the button here, and I'll turn off the recording now. We'll stay on for another 40 minutes or so until the
1: next call.